This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast and we're coming to you on an evening when we know that we've got a fairly big match just looming on the horizon and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with my chums looking forward or maybe not looking forward to our West London rivals coming down to Griffin Park on a Thursday night which is a bit weird. I'm Billy Grant and uh, like I said, I've got a slight smile on my face because uh, Fulham are coming back. And is it a chance for the Bees to get revenge after what happened in July? That is the big question mark that we have at the moment now. As I said to you, I'm sitting here in the virtual joint as we've been sitting here for the past few weeks with the chums. Laney, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much, Bill. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking, I am looking forward to tomorrow. I have to, I have to say it's a, it's a late afternoon uh, kickoff rather than an evening one I'd say 5.30 uh, yeah it's a bit shallow it's it's kind of like you know because of what happened in the playoff final you know it's almost like we can't win you know if if, Brent, if Brentford do win the Fulham fans are going to say yeah but we we won the big game and if we lose they're going to be they'll be crowing still so it's it's, it's a it's a toughie but um yeah it's 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 not it's not as uh kind of fun filled as it would normally be but yeah i'm looking forward to it nonetheless and going down to the west country in his own virtual joint we're all in the sort of same virtual joint but we've all got our own little pockets our own little rooms in the virtual joint we've got the liberal nick on this combine harvester the liberal how are you doing I'm great, Bill. Really good to be back. Thanks for having me on. You know, it's I've missed I've missed talking a load of rubbish and talking a load of nonsense, and I'm looking forward to bringing some some good insight into uh, into the pod tonight. I like your style, by the way. I liked your kick off. You were telling Fulham are going to come down to Griffin Park. I like you just you're just sending them down to the wrong place, are you? So we'll turn up. Team will turn out at Lionel Road tomorrow and they'll find that there are no Fulham players to play. That's one way of guaranteeing to win a game, isn't it? 
It is. I mean, I keep forgetting to interject the new into Griffin Park, but to be honest with you, as far as I'm concerned, if the, if the ground sort of kind of keeps the same name and people just know it's new, then we don't really need to sort of say anymore. As far as I'm concerned, it's still a version of Griffin Park. But thanks for pointing that out, the Liberal. But um, of course, you've got the game and uh, you're going to be watching it. I mean, Laney was talking about, you know, watching the game, which she's very excited about. How about yourself? Um... Yeah, I mean, it's more their cup final, isn't it, than ours now? Um, because they need to keep up their winning run against us. Not one game. Uh, one game. One game. One game. One, one, is, one is more than zero. Um, am I excited about it? It's 5.30 kickoff on a Thursday. That's pretty much what I hate about football. Um, but yeah, it's Fulham, isn't it? You can't, you can't not feel a little shiver going down your loins at the thought that it might happen. Sure, shiver down your loins. Um, but we, we, um, we actually, before we go on, we did, the reason you're back, Nick, is we had a couple of letters um, in, in recent weeks. Only a couple. And um, Well, they were written letters and they, they arrived to, you know, in the Besotted post bag. Can I, do you mind if I read them out? It says, um, Dear Besotted, I've been waiting throughout lockdown and in more recent weeks for more liberal opinions on your weekly podcast. Why, oh why, have you got rid of posh boy Nick? I long for the days his waffle returns. Roger, Roger Hunt from Frimley. And there's another one here. It says, to whom it may concern, please don't take this the wrong way, but, but it has become quite apparent that there has been an over-proliferation of more knowledgeable Brentford fans over the past <laughs> few months on your podcast. Is there any chance you can get the posh West Country lad back on as he was always good for an argument? Yours, Donald Muff. <laughs> well, all I can say is that cost me a lot of money to get those two to send those letters in. So I'm glad you, I'm glad they arrived by pigeon post. Yeah, glad they made it up. So for Roger, Roger and Donald will be very happy. Donald is, I'm sure, always a happy man. Roger. Let's see how I go tonight. Yes, let's see how you go. And like I said for myself, I'm looking for... I'll tell you something. As soon as that game came up and it was a Thursday, I was like, oh, oh, that's a little bit strange. And then it came up as a 5.30 and my face just went down. I started to... I started I started doing a little bit of football coaching as well. And I chose Thursday as the team that my... The day that my team has to train because I thought, there's no way Brentford are ever, ever ever going to play on a Thursday never ever is going to happen all of a sudden bing there you go it's a cup match against our West London rivals on a Thursday kicking off at the same time as our training so I'm a little bit guided so I'm going to have to be putting my phone as you say on on the old um, uh, airplane mode while I'm training and then I have to go home afterwards don't take any calls and then watch the game as if it's live fingers crossed and none of you lot I don't want any of you lot giving us any spoilers as the coaching is the coaching going all right? Coaching yeah. going all right? Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, you might, there might be a job job coming up at Fulham soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm more qualified for that. It needs a posh bloke to do the, 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 the managing the job at Fulham. That's right. Yes, I know it's all Anyway, and, and by the you way, know. Bill, by the way, hang on, hang on. By the way, what confidence have you got in, in our team? In two years' time, we could be playing on Thursday night. We could be in the Europa League in two years' time. No, no, listen... 
for the future, I'm just, listen, I'm sure that's fine, but I'm just saying to you in the, well, I mean, I'll, I'll deal with that when it comes, you know, saying the Liverpool, I'll just deal with that when it comes. But like I said, you know, it's interesting. We're talking about Thursday night. We've got quite a few new little features on here. As you know, you know, we'll be talking about the Millwall game, um, uh, which we played on, on Saturday. We drew one all with Millwall. We've also got a new little feature with the spreadsheet Winker. We're trying to keep it, you know, you know, you know, not, not, not X-rated. So we've got spreadsheet Winker as well, who's going to be giving the statistics on the Millwall match as well. We've also got JB, Jonathan Birchill, who's going to be giving us his odd facts and figures as well. And then we've got a chat, and this is something I had to get off my chest. I was talking to Sammy from Fulhamish. The first time I've really had a good chat with him after they beat us in the playoff final. And I had to get rid of a few skeletons. I had to have a few words with him about a few things and tell him exactly what I thought about Brentford and Fulham and the playoff final and us in general and us meeting before that match on Thursday. And so we're also going to talk about the Fulham League Cup match as well. So we've got plenty to talk about. So guys, let's go back to last weekend. Millwall in the league. We went to the Den. We didn't lose, which is a very good thing because normally we really struggle when we were there. A one-all draw. Let's go back and have a little listen what happened down at the Den. So, Millwall... It's that Rowett bloke again, isn't it? You know, he. to be fair to him, you know, we always hated playing against Rowett, but he always gets a result against us. And he got a result against us. He'd probably be a little bit more gutted than we are. And I was just quite happy to get away with the den with something. Because normally, other than the time when, uh, what's his name, Danny Shitu scored for us an own goal in the very last minute. And I think it was our first season in the championship, which is a tremendous result. I don't think we've ever actually got a, a, a. I don't think we've got a win down at Millwall. So to actually get a point, I'm very happy, Laney. Yeah, I don't, we said towards the end of the podcast last week that we thought it would be a draw. Me and the Allard said it would be one all. Um, after going a goal down so early, I, I just I just saw alarm bells. I thought, oh, this this is this this is going to unravel into a really really grim afternoon. But to be fair, you know, a point at the Den isn't an awful one. Millwall are improved on on what a lot of uh, fans probably thought they would be. Um, Rowett, as you say, you know, he's, he has got them, you know, he's got our number marked. Um, him and Karanka, you know, we, we, we have said that they've, they're our nemesis. They, they're able to set themselves up to really really stifle us and really frustrate us and it was another frustrating afternoon I don't, I don't think Brentford did themselves a lot of justice I, I think it was a fairly substand display the positives were that we didn't lose the positives were we got an away point positives were Ivan Tony's off the mark positives were I don't know obviously the negative was Rico Henry hobbling off after a few minutes so yeah it wasn't a very positive afternoon but equally it wasn't a negative one I think the important thing was we we went to a very awkward away game and come away with a point Birmingham set the alarm bells off on the first game of the season that you know we could struggle in these matches where teams really didn't want to allow us to play and uh, Millwall were probably a little bit more adventurous than we actually thought they would be um, and they had chances didn't they you know they, they were pretty dangerous so I think to come away 
uh, unbeaten from that game and um, you know getting back to another home match was critical so you know yeah so as I said as I said not not anything massively positive but nothing massively negative either so yeah I'm happy with the point the liberal I thought I mean I agree a lot of what Laney said there uh, but I thought the first half was a good game of football I enjoyed it actually second half it sort of petered out after about 60 minutes it petered out until side came on and uh, showed us all uh, what we've been missing and hopefully won't be missing at least up until January um, but Rowett is a good football manager and he's got Millwall playing uh, in a good way. They will be absolutely there or thereabouts at the end of this season. Um, and we have to remember that we are very firm favourites in the Championship this year. It's absolutely amazed to see that we were 4-1 to one on to win it as favourites um, at, at the weekend, just after the weekend, even after the Millwall result. And therefore, we are there to be shot at. And we, it's good that we can get uh, come away from somewhere like the New Den with a one-all result because in previous years we would have lost that. Um, positives, I mentioned Saeed. The, the ne- only negative uh, I have, and I'm absolutely not having a go at him and not going down, but I was a bit perturbed by the way Tony took the penalty. I mean, it was a bit cheeky. Um, given you know, given that he hadn't yet scored for us, um, but um, fair play to the lad, I suppose. You know, it shows what confidence he's got. But by God, I was nervous as he ran up to take that kick. But yeah, we we go away. We've got the point. Move on. Bring on Saturday, Sunday. Even it was a similar penalty to the one he took against Wickham, if I remember. Actually, I think that's just the way he takes penalties. Yeah, possibly. But yeah, it's just I, you know. It's not arrogance. It's not arrogance. It's it's the fact he is so supremely confident, and perhaps some of us fans haven't yet been able to to establish that we know that when he strikes a penalty, strikes a ball, he's actually going to score a goal. Um, so we need a bit more, you know, perhaps a bit more time to to understand his mentality and where he's coming from. Yes, fair enough. But as I said, not having a go at him in any way, shape or form, he's going to be a great player. He's going to be a good player for us. Or maybe he should have a word with you. You know, before he's going to take the, the penalty, maybe he should put a quick phone call <laughs> into the Liberal. I'm, liberal I'm, I'm going to do it this way, mate. You know, just down the middle. I'm going to be really calm and collected about it. So don't worry. <laughs> How do you want me to take it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be useful, actually. That would be good. I mean, you know... For, there were messages going round as he ran up to take that penalty there were messages going round saying he's looking very relaxed about this he's looking a bit too cocksure but nope fine he, he put it in the back of the net and you know so let's see one from open play which he scores as easily you know a little little flick from two yards out with a back heel nonchalantly into a left hand side of the net and then we'll know we've got a superstar on our hands okay we'll see so I mean you're talking about the message that's going around talking to different people we also talked to fans after the game as we do in the booze they're sitting down there chatting away um, most of them are quite confident about the result let's go and have a little listen to what the fans had to say straight after the game I think a draw is probably a fair result when you look at it and I, I think to be honest Millwall away from home is, is a good point it's a good point yeah look, I mean we recovered well from the bizarre early injury uh, going a goal behind um, probably the right time to concede, if anything, if there is a right time, because it gave us at least you know enough of the game to come back. Uh, recovered well, came back quite strongly in the first half. Um, pleased for Tony, um, getting his uh, get his first goal, albeit from yet another penalty. So he's, 
proved to be quite good at penalties, this Tony guy. Um, and then second half, you know, we kind of, you know, we're up against a bit of a battle. Great to see Ben Rama coming on. Shame that instead of putting the ball, you know, over the line, he was pushing players over the line. But, you know, end of the day, Millwall had probably a very good chance quite late on in the 89th minute, I think it was. We could have actually been beaten here today. So I'll take a draw. Um, a loss, uh, a win and a draw so far. Very early days, but, you know, come on you bees. I think that was a massive blow for us losing uh, Rico so early in the game. So hopefully it's nothing long term. That, I mean, there's a weird goal to give away. Like, from what I remember, Pontus Janssen, his head had a fucking... Well, he's ever mad, didn't he? He runs off to the right back position. Probably a bit unnerved by the early substitution. To be fair to him, that's probably what it was. And he's he's, he's out at right back, and he should have put, he should have put, he, should, he should get the ball out and re- regroup. Doesn't tries to be smart, gets done, and then okay, header at the near post. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's, you know, most teams I think this year will play us, and they'll think if we go one up, we shut up sharp, and we we don't lose the game. And um, I think we've come back from that position and that's probably a little bit more frustrating that fairly soon I mean, 20 minutes later maybe we're, we're on even terms and for the possession we had I'm thinking we can go and get, get a win here but we haven't done it I still think that front three are oh, they're, they're, they're trying to gel it wasn't a great game from Tony it wasn't a great game from Brian I think Canos had the most impact but maybe didn't come off for him so that, it's really important those front three have more games together if, if that's the front three going forward they need more games together and I mean you've got hope it's in a click at some point right but it hasn't quite done it yet yeah I want to see a bit more from Tony I think I think that's probably the biggest the biggest thing that I want to see an improvement of you know we've all seen Brentford lose that game away at Millwall year after year you know so yeah happy with the one already so, a point at Millwall, people on the whole were fairly happy with that. Um, and it's interesting because some people actually sort of thought we're starting off better than last season. But then what I found out, I think, that we started exactly the same as last season with a draw, a win and a loss in our first three matches, if I remember correctly. Of course, obviously, we've had the cup wins, which makes it seem like we're actually doing a lot better. So we're kind of on course to be 18th position in the middle of October again now. Um, no, I'm not going to be negative about it. That was just a little joke, just for people out there. No, no, we're on course and... But obviously, we need to pick up from there. I mean, guys, I mean, this this it's interesting because if you listen, this is our is it our sixth season or is it our seventh season in the championship now as well? So we've been in there for seven seasons. What makes me laugh about this league is that because our first season we did really well and we came from nowhere, expecting to finish, you know, hoping to finish sort of twentieth or twenty first, um, and we ended up finishing fifth, getting to the playoffs. Every season after that, you hear, hear people say, oh, the championship isn't as good as it is last season. Oh, it's not as strong as it is last season. Every single season. And again, I've heard people saying after one match that the championship isn't as strong as it was last season. And last season, it wasn't as strong as the season before. And I'm thinking, is that right? Is the championship just getting worse and worse? Or are the teams actually getting closer and closer and better and better, which means that the top can, you know, will will we'll lose to the bottom and the bottom will beat the top and all this kind of stuff. I, I think people are getting a little bit warped on that one. And with the Millwall result, after the match, I said to myself, I said, I bet you at the end of the season, because Millwall have been rated by quite a few people as a team that was going to make the playoffs this season, we might actually see that as a good result. 
Mm, yeah, absolutely. That's what I was saying earlier. I think Millwall, Millwall will be there. I, I, just, I think the championship isn't that good this year. Um, there is no standout team. I mean, and that's why we are favourites, um, which is, you know, a rod for our own backs in some ways. But, you know, but it's always good to be out in front rather than stuck behind. You know, Leeds last year, Leeds were always going to go up, weren't they? Um, I think everybody knew that was going to be the case. This year, we should be there in the top two, top three. But, you know, who else can you make a case for? I mean, everybody at the beginning of the season was singing the praises in Nottingham Forest saying Derby are going to be there. You know, I, I actually did watch the Forest game this weekend and they looked absolute rubbish. And then, you know, and um, the manager's going to be out by, you know, end of next match, if not the match after. I think they, you know, they're, they're, they're no shakes. Derby are no shakes. You know, Swansea, Cardiff, you know, ourselves. But, and, and the teams that came down, I mean, Norwich might, Norwich might, do a bit but we know we know that we're as good as Norwich if not if not better than them I I think the championship this year is a bit sort of not not quite as good as it is but I think that's going to what's going to make it even more exciting actually and it is it is the best league in Europe as we keep it's a real it's like it gets shuffled every year doesn't it I, if I'm honest with you this this one this this season's championship doesn't seem to have as, as Nick's rightly said any kind of standout kind of runaway leader potential um, you know there are some really good, talented squads there that have got parachute payments. You know Bournemouth coming down. You know you're not quite sure what they're going to do over the course of a you know of, of the season. I was going to say nine month season, but it might be another twelve month season. Um, so you know there are teams in this division that are capable and have got the funds to to go out and and and, and sort of like get some really sort of like uh, exciting players, but. You know, it seems to be like a lot of clubs in this division are always in a state of flux. So there's not a lot of stability that's going on. Um, as Nick said, you know, the, the Forest one, they're, they're always likely to get another manager. Um, Derby, you know, they can't win games either. You know, so all, it, the teams that are going to be the most consistent are the ones that are going to do well. And I know that's stating the obvious, but, you know, it, it does bode well for us. And I know it's not been an electric start. It's not like we're three on three. And, and we're sort of like top of the league and we're kind of like thinking, well, this is easy so far. You know, I think we know what we're in store for. You know, we, there, there are going to be, it's going to be mostly highs and there, are, there will be some lows. And there'll be some times where we question ourselves and there'll be some times where we feel we're invincible and we'll be, we'll be there or thereabouts and it might be the playoffs again. You know, that, that's the kind of season it's going to be. You know, and that was the highlight from Saturday that I forgot about was the Ben Rama situation. I didn't expect to see him in a Brentfordshire on a football pitch um, this side of the transfer window. The fact that he has pulled on his boots and he's he's gone out and broken sweat for Brentford kind of suggests that he may not be going anywhere. I don't think they would have risked him at, at, at the den um, at all if they thought there was going to be a, an offer in for him imminently. There's obviously no offers in that are anywhere near our valuation. So we've probably taken to one side and said, well, sorry, side, it's, it doesn't look like it's going to be this window for you. It's about time you sort of like got back to playing football, you know. So hopefully 
that's what's going to happen. I don't, I don't want to see him. I don't want to see a frustrated and I don't want to see a um, you know, disheartened side Ben Rama. We need him on top of his game. Um, so, you know, I just hope that they can manage that situation. I, mean, I think they probably can. So, yeah, you, it, it's, it doesn't seem to be the best, strongest division this season. So that's good news for us, yeah? Well, I'll tell you what is going to happen is that I actually think this bloody pandemic is going to... Well, it's going to rip. Well, it's going to rip clubs in League One and League Two apart. But I think it's going to rein in the finances in the Championship too. I don't think there will be any clubs spending vast sums of money, um, and that it, it may well be to our advantage because I don't think our best player, particularly Said, I think one of the reasons why he probably hasn't moved is because there is adjustments going on in the marketplace, and nobody knows what the value of the market is at the moment, and that means that you know we will certainly keep Said until January is my suggestion because nobody will stump up what we're looking for at the moment and come the January transfer window people might more have a realistic understanding of what football finances are like and what clubs can afford I don't see I don't see any of the clubs coming down from the Premiership this year spending big money they'll hold on to it I don't see anybody who's an existing club in the championship forking out large sums of money to, to, to buy buy players because simply nobody knows what the financial situation is going to be looking like in the six, next six to nine months slightly depressing note but also a good one because if you've got a consistent stable squad, squad like we have full of talented players it means this is the year we can finally really really make a run for the automatics and you know just coming back to a point that you said there the liberal i would like to point out that because it's interesting again how you're saying that maybe we are slightly weaker this season than we are last season i'm trying to pull it up at the moment now but it's all again a little bit slow but people forget you know everyone says Leeds were bound to win but if i remember rightly Leeds weren't top of the league at the beginning of the season i think that they if i remember rightly they were about sixth or eighth for you know within the first sort of kind of month or two lots of august and september and then they picked up a bit of steam after that so you know we have to remember as well we weren't we weren't the only team to start as slowly okay the other teams picked up faster than us but leeds united didn't start off with a bang you know they started off doing all right and then they picked up so uh so you know so that's actually that's that's quite interesting also the other thing is that you know um the, the, the other thing that you know that I want to sort of kind of chat about as well, actually, actually saying that they were top after seven games, so uh, maybe I'm, I might have to take that back. But I'm I'm sure at some point they actually were kind of uh, probably their first couple of games, two or three games, they were probably started slowly like what we did. But also, what was interesting is as well is that you're talking about the state of the leagues at the moment now and this is something that we're probably not going to go into too much now but the big announcement everyone's talking about is the fact that we thought that we were going to be in the stadium last Saturday not necessarily us but some Brentford fans watching the game against Preston North End but due to the sort of new enforced lockdown rules they decided to uh, pull the idea that fans can go back in the stadium and we don't really know when we'll be able to go back in stadium to be honest with you the, the feeling is that we may not be able to go back next this year we may not go back till next year. We might not go back all season for me, which is a really actually quite a depressing thing because football for me is so important for you to be inside the stadium. And I understand about all the health risks and everything like that. And I don't want to get involved in the arguments as to how can people be in the pubs or, you know, be on buses, but can't be in open stadium, even though they're, you know, in, in, a small percentage of the actual stadium capacity and they're actually kind of sort of socially distanced. You know, those are all the arguments that are going around at the moment now. Um, I'm sort of just flagging more to the point that I just find it, this season is quite 
tough and I've talked about it later when I talked to Sammy from Fulhamish you know this season's going to be a real tough season to try and get through and you're always looking for lights at the end of the tunnel and I think that this is a bit of a, a body blow that you know we can't get fans back in stadia um, as soon as possible because I've, I feel that there's going to be uh, quite a few casualties in the football league. I mean, I'm, I'm desperately trying to get to to this. Well, I'm saying desperately. Just bought some tickets for this Corinthian Casuals versus Dulwich Hamlet game on Saturday. You know, down at Corinthian Casuals in the FA Cup, sort of uh, second round qualifying round. And the ridiculous thing about it is that because Corinthian Casuals are in the Isthmian League, they're allowed to have away fans. But Dulwich Hamlet, who are in the league above them. They're not allowed to have sorry, any fans. They're not allowed to have any fans. So they can't invite any fans to the game, which is a really weird thing. And I, I just think that the rules that are being put into place are just a bit all over the place. And nothing's consistent. And I, I'm totally up for the safety thing. But what I don't get is, you know, I do believe that we could go into the stadium and do it safely. The clubs have done it. They've done these test events. And... And the fact that it's been pulled and the rug's been pulled from under the carpet, but there's still these other things going on in the country, I just think it's a real disappointment. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, the, the leadership and the, the, the confusion about, about the regulations um, throughout this has, have been atrocious. So, you know, um, it's, it is no surprise that, you know, the, the, the football situation is, is it, it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense. You can go to a pub full of people watching a game of football um, in groups of six and um, but you can't watch a game live uh, in a football stadium in the open air safely and and control in a controlled environment it, it, it doesn't make sense you know it, it doesn't there's, there's no point in even justifying it but you know the, the the most concerning thing for me is I think it's um, that it's about breaking habits and, and, and we've We've broken the habit of going to football every week, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I, I struggle to think about, you know, it's, it's now and again you think, could you imagine at the moment getting up at seven o'clock in the morning to, to go up to Preston on a train? Can you imagine, you know, going week in week out like to these games? And I and I'm actually thinking, God, that, that seems a seems a world away. I know it was only sort of six, eight months ago that I was doing it, but can I imagine myself doing it again? And of course, I can imagine going to every home game, but I can't imagine going to every home and away game um, at the moment. And it's just, it's, it's, it, the, once the cycle's broken, it's, it's difficult to get back into it. And I think Brentford run, do run the risk. And I know that, you know, the, um, we spoke about it in the podcast last week about um, the season ticket uh, renewal, um, uh, ref, um, deferrals and refunds and, and the, the different packages that the club have offered fans to kind of resolve the fact that we've paid out for a season ticket we can't use. So I think the the... the, the the deadline for that is this weekend, I believe. So, um, but 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 Brentford Brentford faced the prospect of like assuming that people are going to want to go straight back to going to every single home game. People, I know, I know, like the hardcore probably will, but there's probably people on the periphery of that are just going to get out of the habit of even thinking about football. It's going to be on telly. It's going to be on iPlayer. They get used to watch it in a different way. We've got a battle on our hands to try and get that passion back, I believe. It's easy to say, oh, we miss it and you know, assume the passion's going to be just the same. But I, I question whether some people are going to be feeling the same when they can go back. 
stadiums will be full for the first three games. And then actually, I think you're right, Dave. I think, you know, the people will have found that they're doing other things on Saturday afternoons or Sunday afternoons or Tuesday yeah. evenings. Yeah. It's, it's a consideration. How, it's, it's, it's a consideration. I, I, don't know, know. I don't know quite, quite how you bring it back. Um, but, you know, there is there. This has got to be a whole readjust in football. We can have a you know we can have a special pod about this, and perhaps during an international break we ought to. Yeah, and, good idea. And, and have That's a think really about idea. the way forward, um, because I could bang on for hours about this and about how football has got to learn and readjust. Whether it be you know, one startling fact: Manchester City played sixty-five million pounds for a player this week. It costs. Sixty-five million pounds to run all the League Two clubs for a season. You know, I mean, and the Premier League says it holds no responsibility to the lower leagues. Well, look at what Brentford have done. Brentford have have really helped my local club Exeter this 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 season because we will be giving them four million pounds from the for, as the add-on for the sale of uh, Ollie Watkins. You know, that to Exeter that will pay for them running this season. So fantastic. If we cut off the lifelines to these clubs in League One and League Two, there won't be any more Ollie Watkins. There won't be more Ivan Tonys coming through, you know. And what what is football then without it? You know, no promotion, no relegation. There, it's not the game that that we all love and enjoy. But you know, as I said, I could go on all night about this. And I, I don't want to be depressing about it. But you know, we have got to have a think about it. Okay, so bringing it back and not being depressing about it, just back to the Millwall game, because that Millwall game, some things happened on there. What we do is that sometimes we look at the numbers, we look at the figures, but sometimes we actually bring somebody else in to do that. We've got a new little feature here. We've got our own spreadsheet winker, Will, the Allsop, Allsop, and he's going to get his scientific calculator out to analyse the Millwall game and let us know exactly what went down. Spreadsheet winker, This week we're going to be looking at the Millwall versus Brentford match. The score was 1-1, it was a tight game with few clear chances from which we can learn a lot about this Bees team. At half time the XG was 0.48 for Millwall versus 0.95 for Brentford from which 0.77 came from that penalty. Chances for Brentford, there was the Tony penalty on 21, 77% chance. The move was started by a driving run from De Silva, with Tony brought down challenging for a Dalsgaard cross. It was a great penalty, it was low and in the bottom left-hand corner. For Millwall, there was the Wallace goal on the fourth minute, it was a 30% chance and it was a cross in from the left-hand side and in the build-up, Pontus lost his boot and slipped. At full time, the XG was 0.7 for Millwall versus 1.63 for Bees. In terms of shots, Millwall had 9 of which 3 were on target and Brentford had 8 of which only 1 was on target. In the second half, the main chances for Brentford were the De Silva shot on the 47th minute, 56% chance and a move started by a Norgard run leading to a great Canos cross. De Silva was arriving late into the box, the same as for his goal against Huddersfield. And then there was a Norgard shot on the 48th minute, it was an 8% header, narrowly wide from a well-placed Marcondes corner. In terms of Millwall's chances, there was a Leonard shot on 70 minutes, it was 6%, and it was just a shot from open play. So what can we learn from this game? Thompson is not as good offensively as Rico Henry. He had zero key passes in this game compared to Rico Henry's two and an assist against Huddersfield. Thompson also had 5% less pass accuracy. And a key pass is the last pass that leads directly to an attempt on goal. 
Thompson was good defensively, however, winning both his aerial duels and successfully blocking two passes. Daniels was forced to go long much more often, 22 long balls compared to 13 against Huddersfield, and he was also only 23% accurate compared to 31% against Huddersfield with his passing. So I think we're missing Raya's offensive quality when playing out from the back. And this is interesting here because it shows the importance of two defensive players in Rico and Raya from an attacking point of view. It's reflected in the low XG that Bees had compared to the last league game. But it's also important to mention that Millwall were good defensively to stop Bees getting successful passes into the box. Defensively, Janssen won eight aerials all game. It was the most of any player. He was very effective at cutting out the long ball and preventing Millwall from getting good chances. And Kaos made the highest number of key passes of any player on the pitch. There was three, including the cross, leading to that big De Silva chance on the 47th minute, which was Brentford's second best chance all game. And Bees only created two chances above 10% XG all game, but we also limited Millwall to one chance above 10%, which was that goal in the fourth minute. All in all, a very tight game. No huge chances really for either side, but I think we've learned quite a lot about this Brentford team by analysing this game. What a winker. Some interesting facts though as well from that. I think the main thing that we got from that is that it was actually a fairly even game with not many chances between us, or not really, really decent clear-cut chances. Other than the penalty that we got, you know, we were kind of just, you know, there or thereabouts. We didn't create too many chances over, as he called it, not, you know, 10% XG, which means that we were... You know, we, I, I, I'm just wondering, did we? do you think we went out with a game plan to say, Thomas Frank said, hold on a second... We, we lost all these games 1-0 last season, games like Millwall. Let's actually go out and let's be a little bit more conservative and let's just get a point out of this one. Do you think that was the thinking? I, I, do, I do think that they that would have crossed their mind at some stage. I, I'm sure, you know, whether they, they did that, uh, you know, they implemented that on Saturday, you know, only they would be able to, to you know, to, to admit that. But I, I think it would be naive if we didn't, over the course of the, the break, look at, you know all of those one nil defeats and work out how you know what we could do differently in in those tricky games it's not it's not it does, it's not a, it's you know we know ahead of these matches which ones are going to be difficult for us which ones are going to be the ones where you know the the, the team are going to set themselves up to frustrate us so yeah it, it it would be slightly naive if we went into another season just thinking that having all the possession and creating loads of chances is is always going to work itself out and always going to pay off. Sometimes we have to box a little bit clever. So, yeah, I think you're probably right, Bill. Um, so I, I think they probably would have reassessed how they approach certain fixtures this season. Stats guys, stats guys would have analysed it, worked it out. Yeah, that's what we do. And perhaps sometimes we've got to accept we're not going to play, play the beautiful throwing football at every single game this season. Some of them will actually be just fighting and competing. And, you know, if we come away with one 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 all draw from from the new den, fine, I'll take it. I'll tell you, there's, I mean, there's a few interesting things there. I mean, you talked about um, the defensive Brentford. You talked about Thompson not being, just stats-wise, as good as Rico um, offensively as well but he said that he was actually very good defensively and also he talked about Daniels you know going wrong, long quite a lot you know and missing Raya's offensive play out from the back so I mean I just thought that was a quite an interesting take some people will say it's not rocket science but the fact that you know with Raya out without um, Rico out it's actually a much bigger miss 
than you can ever think. Because some people sort of think, oh, goalkeeper for a goalkeeper. Even though, you know, Daniels is, is, you know, it's pretty safe hands, to be quite honest with you. You know, he's all right. It's just the added extra that is given. And you don't realise how much we might miss that. So against a team like Millwall, you know, it's almost like our counter-attack is not quite 100% on its game. And maybe... Thomas Frank actually takes that into consideration and thinks, look, you know, we haven't got these elements as part of our game now. So what we need to do is that we need to kind of temper it down a little bit. As you say, it's not rocket science. I mean, Rico must have been very close to being up for being player of the season last year. Um, And, um, you know, take him out the team and the the team team will lack something because, you know, he is an all round individual good player. He's, He's a very, very good defender, but he's also very good at providing some attacking width. And, you know, we miss him and it's a shame. I mean, Thompson Thompson has his strengths as, as a defender. He's not going to be exactly the same player, you know, and we can't expect it to be because there are very few Rico Henrys around. Really glad, incidentally, I'm really glad we've seemed to have held on to Rico because I think that's that's a key thing. You know, over, as the course of the course of the season, if we're shoring up the defence as we did last year, let's hope we just bang in the goals at the front like we did last year too, and you know we'll be all right. But they're, but the, the pair of them, you know, they're, they're, we're talking about Daniels and Thompson. They're they're, they're not like for like replacements, are they? They what they what they give the team is you know they're they're, they're solid players. I'm not I'm not knocking them. But they they're not as dynamic as as Rico and uh, David Raya. Raya's passing and his and his and his distribution is is exceptional. Um, you know he, he he is he's another outfield player. We've talked about this several times. You know he's able to to, to ping a pass and he's he, he's he can set attacks. Um, he can set attacks up and move in and uh, his vision and the way he can get the ball to the to the midfield and, and the forward players is, is, you know, second to none. That's why Arsenal were in for him, um, for those very, very, for those exact qualities. Rico, as Nick said, he, he could have been our player of the year. He's on the shopping list of, of a lot of clubs, I, I would say. Uh, maybe not in the top flight, but certainly in this one and maybe some European ones and some, maybe Celtic have been sniffing around again. But he, he literally bombs up and down that wing uh, with with speed and he's able to deliver across and get into that final third. Um, it, it, so to take him out, you know, we were set up to to play with with Rico Henry in in that team. So to to rejig, it, it, it took some getting used to. And you, you know, it, it's not as simple as just taking him out and putting Thompson in and expecting it to work similarly. It it, it affects lots of things all over the pitch. So I think it did throw us. I think interestingly as well because Canos there's there'd be sort of a few question marks about Canos as to where he is at the benchmark you know since he's come back from injury you know very enthusiastic but is he the player that we need again at you know some of the people's arguments saying well you know he's still one of these players who is very instrumental to our side but he you know if there are maybe other players in the team whether or not he is question mark a first choice player but then afterwards you know it was pointed out there by the winker that um, Canos actually uh, was quite instrumental he had three key passes in the match which was actually the most out of anybody on the pitch so again Canos was a very important player I mean Sergi Canos thoughts? Sergi Canos is uh, a player that we have to give more time to this season 
you know, we know that his injury kept him out for a lot of last season. Um, we know that the the COVID break helped him regain most of his fitness. He played uh, some cameo parts um, to, to an increasing level during the you know the, the the run into the playoffs. Then he had another break. Then he's he's back. So this is his first proper starting kind of sequence of games or proper first team contention matches since his big injury and I, I I think that you know it would be wrong for us to to kind of be a little bit too critical or put him under the microscope too much quite yet you know I said last week that we found out that he was a 30 minute player at the moment and I, and I stand by that I, th- I think you know 30 minutes of him at his best is, is, is all we should expect at the moment and then that's got to grow you know, um, I, I think, you know, give him another month, I, I reckon we'll see him growing and growing in stature. So, you know, what I've seen so far this season, he's going to be really, really important to Brentford Football Club. I think we're reading too much into it and trying to kind of come up with a, what's going to happen at the end. It's almost like discussing, you know, the league table at the moment. We all know that it doesn't really matter where we are in the league. It's about sort of notching the points week on week. And for him, I think it's about notching extra fitness week on week. And I think he's getting there. I just wonder whether his role might evolve over the course of this season as well. Might be slipping more into defensive win-back. Um, I mean, you know, I'm no tactical genius, as as you both know. But it strikes me as though, <clears throat> as he gets older, um, the injury might have slightly slowed him down as well. But he is, you know, when he's played that role as a defensive win-back, he's been good at it. And I think, you know, with a bit of encouragement, with a bit of the coaching and we from the great coaching staff that we have, I think he could be a really successful model in that role. Um backing up um, the great work that Henry does. So if we did lo- lose Rico, you know, I, it's not a straight straight swap, but it, it, it makes us more secure down that flank. So John B's factory. Uh, that's actually really... I think we're probably going to be sort of kind of going through a few titles over the next few weeks to see which one we come up with. This one I was racking my brains with earlier and obviously I didn't rack hard enough so john b's factory jonathan birchall he comes up with all sorts of facts if you check him out on twitter you'll see he comes up with brentford facts every sort of couple of days and some of them are really really interesting so we thought john b you need to come on the besotted podcast and you need to just drop a few facts for us so here's john b's factory for this week hello jonathan birchall here with some of the less publicized facts about the bees this week Back to last Saturday and Ivan Tony opened his goal-scoring account with Brentford with a penalty and joins other Bs to start that way, such as Gary Blissett, Andy Sinton, Joe Allen and Marcello Trotter. So now we're heading into games on a Thursday and a Sunday. No surprise, but statistically the least likely days for the Bs to play, with only 1% of our games played on each of those days during the Griffin Park era. Twice before we've had a League Cup game on a Thursday. In 1965 we lost 2-1 to Workington. And in 1969, lost our only League Cup game also to be played on a neutral venue when we lost a second round, second replay at the Den, 3-2 to South End. Brentford and Fulham first met in a cup competition back in 1895 in the London Senior Cup. A reporter that day noted the referee made good use of the whistle, although many of his decisions gave anything but satisfaction. Nothing's really changed 125 years on. 
John B. Interesting. Players opening their account with a penalty. Marcelo Trotter. Do you do you remember his first goal? It was at home. No. <laughs> oh come on, You're, come on, Dave. You know. You know. It was Bradford. It was Four two against Bradford City. I think that's when he opened his account with us. I know. I, I know the he's hours and you think hours it was, of When you say you think it was, you mean you've looked it up? That goes <laughs> I think I, I'm trying to work out whether or not that was his first game, but I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure that was as well. You're pretty sure since you since you looked on Wikipedia earlier, you're pretty sure that it could be against Bradford. Yeah? Listen, Wikipedia doesn't have <laughs> yeah, much yeah. information as well. Gary Fisley, yeah. okay. Yeah. Cheat. Cheat. <laughs> Cheat! I know. I know. Grant's a cheat. I uh, listen. This. Oh uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think I can kind of remember. I kind of remember. Yeah. I think it was Bradford. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I'm listen, really I sure it was Bradford. I tell you, it was that team with the with the, with the, with the, with the mauve and yellow seats. You know, which kind of just you don't even know the name of our stadium, Bill. That's true. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, it's all going to be Griffin Park. You know what I'm saying? It's the seats have blinded me. Yeah. But anyway, so, um, and Gary Blissett as well. You probably don't remember who scored his first goal against. I certainly don't, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you surprised me, Bill. No, it's okay. We should, <laughs> we should move on from that. But um, interestingly, Jonathan talked about Thursday and Sunday. 1% of our games played on a Thursday and a Sunday, and uh, but which is funny that because obviously some of the games get turned to Sunday for uh, TV, like you know, like recently we had the Bradford, no, the the Barnsley game was played on a Sunday. I remember going down to the pub and watching that twelve thirty in the afternoon. But it's actually quite rare to have a game on the Sunday. But you must remember back in the in the was it the nineties where we used to have a, a clutch of games on yeah, a Sunday morning. Was it eleven o'clock kickoff or something ridiculous as well? They were awful, <laughs> just awful. Was it, was it what? Was it what? Do I recall? a Watford game kicking off 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning yeah possibly I remember West Ham or something and then there was yeah Newcastle yeah I mean I've talked about this before I actually quite liked it because all, all the characters I go to Dulwich Hamlet with now they actually when I go to the game they used to come down to Brentford back in the day they were like Palace fans and that and they used to love it because they used to go and watch their team play on a Saturday then they go we can go to Brentford on a Sunday get down there for 11 o'clock I think we always managed to get a little sneaky in the pub before and before the game or whatever or maybe just after the game and then after that we used to go down to Dingwalls to Charles Peterson session which was like a 12 till 6 in the afternoon sort of kind of sort of club thing that we used to do so for me Sundays were absolutely brilliant I used to love it football and then sort of kind of sort of acid jazz down at down at down in Camden like you know so by, by, by Sunday night I was absolutely broken strippers on at the red line wasn't it it might have been for you Nick back in your less liberal days eh? I'm not that that's old. right Nick you know <laughs> the, <laughs> So, and it's interesting as well. Obviously, the other day we went to to to, to Hanwell Town to see Brentford play against uh, Hendon. I'm, I'm sure that was in the London Senior Cup as well. After we lost one nil again, there's two cups we play, and that was the Brentford B team. But Brentford actually played their first game against Fulham in the London Senior Cup, as he said. So there's almost like a link. It's almost like a full circle's just come round. Um, but yeah. So, um, what did you think of John B and his, his initial factory, guys? Oh, he's very factual. It bet, better than better than Wikipedia. <laughs> no, it's good. It's always good to get new contributions on and get try out different things. So yeah, he's he's welcome. Welcome aboard the good ship, the sausage. 
That's right. So listen, next week, John P and his factory, or whatever new name that we come up with, we'll be back next week with some more excited Brentford facts. But listen, we need to talk about this team that caused us a bit of misery in July. We got over it. As I said, it took me a few days to get over it. Some people took a little bit more, but that's not about being bigger or better. It's just about you know how you deal with things. And uh, But I had to have a little word with the man over at Fulhamish who like to take make fun of us but only because we make fun of them quite a lot because they've given us quite a lot to make fun of them out of but they had the last call or so they thought in July when Fulham beat us at Wembley to go to the Premier League but now it's the new season started they haven't won any games we've won a few games we've beaten more Premier League teams than them and we're playing in the fourth round of the League Cup let's have a little listen to what we had to say when we chatted to the Fulhamish podcast guys so on Thursday Brentford take on Fulham at New Griffin Park at Lionel Road in the fourth round of the League Cup or the Caribou Cup as some people call it Caribou I'm going to say that Fulham fans are going to be quick to remind Brentford fans that it's going to be the first Premier League team to have visited Brentford's new stadium but I'm going to say Brentford fans are also going to be quick to remind Fulham fans that they're going to be the first Premier League team to have visited New Griffin Park who have beaten less Premier League teams than Brentford have that same season. So with all that mud slinging behind us, I'm going to introduce our guest Sammy from the Fulhamish podcast. Sammy, how are you doing? I'm good, Billy. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm, I can't believe I'm sort of sitting here across from you, virtually, with a with a smile on my face, you know. We've got this match coming up on Thursday, which is, to be quite honest with you, Brentford fans' biggest nightmare after what happened back in July. But I'm somehow managing a smile. It's because you're talking to me, Billy, that's why. <laughs> any excuse, Sammy, any excuse, Sammy. So listen, listen, there's been a bit of time that's taken, you know, July, August, September, three months or so for the inverted commas pain to subside. And I'm just going to hand it over to you. Listen, there's going to be a bit of mudslinging. You could say whatever you want to get it off your chest. So go on, Sammy. Well, it, it was it was your big day, wasn't it? It was it was Brentford's time to shine. Everyone wanted Brentford to win. Everyone thought Brentford would win. We all thought Brentford would win. But ultimately, Brentford didn't turn up to their own party, did they? They just didn't. And as much as you guys can probably laugh at the way that it's all going for Fulham right now, the most important thing for Fulham and I still maintain it, was winning that day. And I will take 38 defeats this season. I will take conceding over 100 goals. I will take being the worst team since Derby County to be in the Premier League. But that day was magic, and it was still worth it. And I still wouldn't trade the moment that Joe Bryan scored that free kick. So I don't want to rub it in massively hard, but it was a great day, and I believe the best team won... And it just upset the apple cart, really, didn't it? No one no one wanted Fulham to win, and we did. Listen, I mean, it's upset the apple cart, and you know what it's like. You know, you've been, you've been at Wembley when everybody wanted Fulham to win, and, and they didn't win. And, uh, you know, and, and the thing that I would say is, listen, Brentford fans, if you listen to our, like I said, our post-match, our post-match podcast, our podcast that we did after that, no one took anything away from Fulham. They said, listen, put our hands up. 
you know, the best team on the day one. And you won it. And that's the thing about the playoffs. You know, you can have one game, two games, which are a little bit freak. And uh, and they don't happen for you. And it's interesting because we ran a poll after that to find out, you know, was that Brentford fans' worst ever result you know with all the bees up Fulham down and Fulham get battered and all that kind of stuff and then afterwards we get a big game like that and uh, and we lose and it's interesting because we had a sort of a kind of polar opposites where some people were saying it was either their first or second worst um, playoff loss we've had nine playoff losses out of nine now and some people are saying it's our first and second only because the the chances we had of winning it the quality of the team that we had and it was against Fulham and then other people you know myself for me it was like about a six well at the time it was about the sixth it's actually dropped down to the about the eighth now eighth worth playoff loss and I'm not saying it because I'm trying to get braggadocious or it doesn't bother me but for me it's kind of more about um it's about that feeling, and you know, you might say it's the best feeling in the world, but for you, for, for you, Sammy, that may be great, but for me, I have to be in a football stadium to really enjoy my football. And, and, and it's almost like we've been playing this pretend game where we've been really trying to enjoy this weird situation of sitting in front of the TV or sitting in the pub or sitting in your, your garden watching the football. And even though, of course, I was gutted to lose to Fulham, you know, I was sitting down there and I was thinking to myself, when that game finished, I don't have to walk down Wembley Way and get taunted by Fulham fans or get on the train on the way home and get taunted and sort of kind of watch it on the TV again where all the Fulham fans are singing, you know, we're going up and Brentford are going down. And for me, because that never happened, it was nowhere near as bad as, you know, your Huddersfield playoff losses and your Yeovil playoff losses and all these other losses that we've had. And I I don't know whether or not you... Listen, I'm sure you loved beating Brentford, But, you know, you've got a situation now where you can't even watch your team in the Premier League. You know, it's it's all a bit kind of a bit fake and a bit everyone's trying to make the most out of it. Are you really saying it was your best ever moment ever? No, I'm not saying it's the best ever moment of supporting Fulham. Look, I think we were both going into that game from completely different mindsets. Fulham's was a please just don't lose to Brentford. Don't let them have that over us for all time. Like that was that was it for Fulham fans. We've been to the Premier League. I'm not that upset that we can't go to games. I don't love the Premier League. I'm not that uh, excited to be there. Of course, I understand from a financial point of view how important it is. And we managed to keep a lot of our good players that we otherwise wouldn't have if we hadn't have won that day. You were going into it in a completely different set. And I can see how the fact that you weren't there means that it didn't really matter as much to you. For us, yeah, it would have been great to be there, of course, but it was just a, please don't let this happen to us, Fulham. Please, this cannot, this cannot go ahead. So I didn't mind that I was watching at the pub. I didn't mind that I was at home. Of course, when you're at home and you're not there, you can just switch the telly off when you see something you don't like. You can just change the channel. You can just go to the bar. And I can see how from a Brentford perspective it made it a lot easier for you that it didn't happen you guys were chasing a dream and and a very justified dream you know it would have been your first time in the Premier League and how watered down with it to be to have your first Premier League season in the circumstances that we're having them now I can see why to Brentford fans it wasn't that painful but from a Fulham perspective it was damage limitations it was literally just this can't happen not against us I don't care if you go up next season whatever if you're in the Prem and we go down fine like you've, you've kind of deserved it over time because you've become a progressively better and better and better club like we accept that but you just couldn't do it against us that just that just wasn't 
what any of us were going to allow to happen if we could avoid it. And that's why it was just relief that we won. It was relief because I just couldn't have bared us to give you the keys to the dream that you had and to enable you to have your first season in the Premier League in that stadium and all of that. That's just what we just wanted to avoid. And thank it happened but interestingly again and listen I hear exactly what you're saying a lot of Bees fans are now saying things like you know thank God we didn't go up this season and they're not saying it in a they're actually sort of they were gutted but all of a sudden seeing everything that's happening because to be honest with you like we thought we were going to be back in the stadium in maybe early October we'd be able to see some matches you know for us you know going up to Old Trafford or going to, to, to Highbury or going up to Man City, that's all part of our journey. We haven't been there. I mean, none of us, um, none of us Bees fans have actually seen Brentford in the top league. Anyone who's seen them in the top league is probably sort of 70 plus years old. So that's all part of the, that's all part of the whole package and the journey for me. And for me, we had, we had a little poll as well on Besotted before um, we even knew that we were going to be playing you. And we said, if you knew that you can either go up this season with all this pandemic and you might go next season, not see some matches and you know, if you could take that, or if you can go up next season, uh, the following season, guaranteed, knowing that you'll be able to go to matches from day one, which would you prefer? And a hundred percent of the people said that they would actually go up. You know, the following season, if it's guaranteed, if you can see matches. So, in a really strange way, and I'm not saying it, is that I mean, I'll have to admit, after that game, the thing that gutted me more, it wasn't losing to Fulham because it took me about about six hours to get over the Fulham match. It didn't bother me too much. You know, what I'm saying um, it was more. The fact that I thought, oh no, we can't sing Bees Up, Fulham Down anymore and Fulham Get Battered. Is all these songs that, you know, over years and the quality, you know, of the the songs over the matter of time. And I thought we've got to take the records and put it on the top shelf and, you know, maybe bring it out for a party and in 20 or 30 years time telling your kids, this is a song that we used to sing years ago, but all of a sudden we've had to put these records away because they're not relevant anymore. However... I never thought I was going to say this, but it's only taken three weeks and I'm thinking I might have to take the record back off the shelf because it may actually become much more relevant than I actually thought. And it's almost interesting. It's like bees up, full them down. And I was thinking about this. It's not about the bees up part because we could just make that up. Bees up could be like us going from 18th to 17th. It's the Fulham down thing that's just really, really important. And I have to admit, after that Aston Villa game, I was I was smiling so much because I was thinking we may have lost the playoff final, but I think Fulham are going to give us a very good season this season. Look, we're not very good and we are in dire straits and I can't believe that it's only three games in and there's infighting and the director of football and the manager are at loggerheads in the media like it's not what anyone would have wanted and some of the defending on Monday was was abysmal at best like it's not a great place to be right now and the Fulham fan base is it's just pretty angry with situation look what happened last year papered over the cracks it papered over the cracks of what was there Fulham weren't that good last year we lost 3-0 at home to Barnsley we lost 3-0 at home to Hull we lost countless games. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you going to admit over the season we were a better team than you, though, weren't we? Well, of course. You, you, we were. You, I mean, you won the big match. You won the big match, but we were a better team. You finished level on points. You finished level on points on goal difference. I think that you were a more entertaining, more complete side. I think that we had a terrible first two, first three months, and if we if we had got even four more points, we'd have been well clear. But we had a terrible first four months. But it doesn't. Does it matter? I don't think Chelsea were a very good team when they won the Champions League in 2012. I think they were an appalling team. 
but they won the Champions League. And sometimes it takes a bit of grit in your side to win those big games, to have the mentality. It's it's not all just about scoring 100 plus goals in the league. Sometimes it's just who comes along and wins the big match. So yeah, I think Brentford during the league last season were a better team, but you had three games to secure promotion for yourselves. And in those big games, that's all that history remembers. So yeah, okay. Paper, uh, look at your 30, your 46 games against our 46 games. Yeah, I'd much rather have been a Brentford fan. We were appalling last year. But we did have something in our dressing room and it was a mixture of experience, Scott Parker and all of that that managed to meant that managed to mean that we came up trumps on the big day and that's what history from last year will remember it won't remember the fact that you scored nine goals against Luton or whatever it was it's interesting I mean you say that as as, as what you had as opposed to us in, in in the trunk which is totally very true and I understand that I mean after the match you know trying to get a little bit of solace from after sort of losing to Fulham and talking to and I'm not going to mention but one of the very senior sort of people at the club so I was just chatting to them about a bit of a post debrief about it somebody who works on the coaching side and the technical side and I said look you know you know how do we lose to Fulham did we get our tactics wrong what did we do you know what, what do we do? I don't understand, you know, because we're thinking if you heard, they did a podcast with Ted Knutson as well, which is really interesting, where he analysed, um, you know, statistically, uh, the Brentford and Fulham game. And he went around and said, to be quite honest with you, Scott Parker had a brilliant, he probably had one of his best games ever as a manager against Brentford. And that's what's the difference between you two. So I asked this person, very senior person, what did he think? And he just went, you know, look, to be quite honest, sometimes these things happen, you know, whatever stats or anything like that, we can't, you know, we can't do anything about that. But you have to remember that, you know, we had a, um, you know, a £6 million midfield, which was battling against a sort of £60 plus million pound midfield. And he goes, that's a big difference because at the end of the day, you can get somebody or players that come and do a little bit of magic. And uh, he goes, that's what happened. But at the end of the day, he goes, we're still going in the right direction. You know, we've still got our players. We've still got our ethos. We've still got whatever. And he goes, we're going to come back next season. And it kind of gave me a little bit of hope because, he, you know, he, he, this guy is pretty cool. And whatever happens, he's just like, mm, it's just what happened. Let's just move on. And I just thought that six million to six million, sixty million pound midfield actually did tell a big story. Yeah, I mean, I don't think our midfield in the playoff final cost sixty million. I think some of our midfielders on loan cost sixty million that were not playing in that game. But yeah, I get what you mean. Of course, we had we had the most expensively assembled squad in the championship. Mitrovic earned more than Barnsley whole squad like we were an embarrassment of riches and we will continue to be because the Premier League favours yo-yo clubs being a yo-yo club these days is actually a sustainable business model Norwich are proving it Burnley kind of proved it West Brom have been proving it for years it's a sustainable way of actually running your club in the medium term obviously I think long term if you keep doing it it will wear out but as you can't I think West Brom are the perfect example they just are a bit too good for the championship eventually because they've got all that Premier League money I'm not saying the way that Fulham's run is better than Brentford I never have done and there are lots of times where I would rather support Brentford because I believe in what you guys do off the pitch I really do I think that it's a it's brilliant and but at the same time there is a rivalry there and you guys have fed off Fulham scraps when we were at our lowest ebb for years. And therefore, as a fan rivalry, that's why the playoff game was so important to us, because we just wanted to get this one over you. Like, and it, it kind of put into insignificance a little bit of everything that came before. All the bees up Fulham down and we just had to sit there and take it. You were the new kids on the block. So that's what the playoff final meant to us. Long term, I think you'll be fine. 
I'm worried about us. I think one day, if we both continue on the same trajectory, it will like it will right itself, and there will be a day where Brentford is in a higher division than Fulham. But for now, the money that we have is able to keep us kind of at that top table. But it's not a great time to be a Fulham fan, and I am a bit worried about us so listen Thursday we've got a game a League Cup game like I said to you it's one of those games where I was a bit like mm, mm, you know except for the last League Cup game against West Brom with the penalty shootout actually that was quite a lot of fun and then we've got to play Fulham now it's going to be a bit of a weird one because you've basically got Brentford B team playing the Fulham A team you know now how how are you going to get on for that one Sammy well I'd be interested to see what we do as well I mean I think for Fulham this year if if relegation is a certainty like everyone is saying I mean, Jamie Carragher said the other day he's more certain of Fulham going down than Liverpool winning the league. So everyone's written us off. And for us, the League Cup could be a nice little avenue for us. We go If we, if we can win on Thursday, we're in the quarterfinals. Um, lots of big teams are playing each other in this round of matches. Obviously, it was Spurs-Chelsea yesterday, and I think Arsenal and Liverpool are playing each other. So there's going to be some big teams out of the competition if you could then maybe get a a Newcastle or something like that in the quarterfinals a winnable match ish for Fulham then we could be looking at a bit of a cup run which may make this season a bit more bearable for us so I think Thursday does take on a bit of importance for us but of course it's the Carabao if we go out meh like I think again it might be Thursday might be more appealing for most Fulham fans. If we can win, then we can be that first team to win at the new stadium. Like that would be again just a really nice little bragging rights thing. But it's it's easy to dismiss the League Cup when you go out, isn't it? It's, oh, it's just the League Cup. I've always seen like been annoyed when Fulham were in the Premier League and didn't take the League Cup more seriously because it's a competition that the likes of Fulham could go to the final of or win. But I mean, it would be typical Fulham to win a major competition for the first time in our history during the season where we can't go to the bloody thing. It would just be the most Fulham thing of all time. So, listen, Brentford B team, as we say, I mean, we have got no idea who they're going to play, but, you know, the likelihood, you know, possibly Marcus Force, you know, may play. We might have Godosh, who we've just signed, you know, on loan if his international clearance comes through. Again, no one knows exactly what he's like. He, you know, he hasn't, you know, has, hasn't played very much for the past couple of years. You know, we've got, you know, B players like, you know, Thompson, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be, like I say, a little bit of a mismatch side, maybe one or two, you know, A team players in there. But, you know, as we've done it normally, we've had a real balance between B team and A team so how do you think you're going to combat this like you did with the big game that you did at Wembley a few months ago I I don't know how much Parker will be looking it'll be hard to guess what Brentford are going to pick it's kind of hard to guess what Fulham are going to pick you know the last two rounds we've kind of picked a mixture of players we're still trying to bed some players in so I think Parker will use it as another excuse to try and gel the squad together I think almost these Carabao Cup games have become like friendlies really haven't they a, a, a chance for managers to because they didn't have pre-season friendlies really to kind of analyze and bed some players in so I imagine our new left back Anthony Robinson will play he was really really good against Sheffield Wednesday definitely keep an eye on him he's he's a massive one he's he's a good player he's a good player at Wigan he was 
he's a massive player for the future and he was brilliant in the last two Carabao Cup games so I imagine we'll see him um, we weren't playing Mitrovic in any of those games he's still his fitness is still a bit hit or miss so I imagine Mitrovic probably won't play it's a shame he to be honest with you it's a shame he played in that playoff final because if he did we probably would have beaten you because uh, we knew we knew how to beat you with Mitrovic because when he wasn't there it was that plan B which we were a little bit confused about he still did assist a goal with one leg Billy <laughs> yeah right okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. like like, I mean, yes, I get what you mean. And we did play a system that nullified Brentford without him. But also, like, Mitrovic on his day has also got some real quality and literally, with one leg, did a lovely assist for the second goal. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure what side Fulham will pick, but it will be a bit experimental. I imagine Marek Rodak will be back in goal as well. I imagine players like Knockart and Kamara will play and will probably try and press you with, with pace at, up top because we won't have Mitrovic. Um, so yeah it's going to be a bit of a mixture of our first and second team as well um, because we're still tr- using this as kind of some a way of getting everyone match fit for the Premier League and but Pot Parker knows that he the, the game on Sunday against Wolves is 17,000 times more important than the game on Thursday sadly he won't be caring in the position he's in about a rivalry in the Carabao Cup it's just in their eyes they'll just see it as another cup game but obviously I think it's the fans that will want it a bit more than maybe the squad and players so okay so coming to Thursday's game I mean I, I mean I can't even watch I'm actually football coaching on Thursday so I'm just going to, to turn my phone on to airplane mode uh, coach the kids that I'm coaching and then run <laughs> home and then push the play button and start watching the game as if it's live hoping that no one's going to call me which is probably a cue for everyone to start calling and texting me now to actually kind of really spoil my evening so I'm not even going to you know I haven't even sort of managed to wangle a little trick to get out of that sort of you know but I'm not saying the game's not important but I'm asking you what do you reckon how do you think Fulham are going to do I want to be confident and I really think it would be a real sweet thing for Fulham fans to be able to say that we were the first team to win at the new stadium and I really want to be hopeful but I don't know I don't know Bill I wouldn't be surprised if maybe it goes to pens and then maybe you guys win it on penalties. I, I think it's hard to watch Monday's game, seeing all the rifts that are in the camp right now and be massively confident going into a game against a good championship side. So I think it'll be tight. I don't think there'll be loads of goals in it. You guys don't see massively free scoring this season either. We are, are a bit of a shambles, but maybe a bit of kind of our quality will probably be okay against Brentford in in areas so I'm going to predict a draw penalties could go either way only because I'm a bit down about Fulham at the moment so I could probably see you guys nicking it on pens or something like that it's interesting because I've got exactly the same score I'm going to go one all result as well it's going to go to penalties interestingly that you've got your first team keeper in probably which is Rodak we're going to have David Raya as well which is our first keeper who's going to probably be playing well Rodak isn't first choice though because we've had Ariola come in and Ariola has been playing in the league so weirdly Rodak has gone to second choice and it's a bit of a source point amongst Fulham fans because well I personally think he should still be first choice I don't think he's done anything to deserve being dropped but you know Ariola won the World Cup so it's quite hard to uh, it's quite hard to call for, for, for Scott Oh, okay, interesting. Like I said, well, Rodak versus David Raya, and I think that actually we are going to nick it on penalties because we are the penalty kings at the moment now, you know, especially after seeing what happened at the West Brom game. So listen, Savvy, it's good 
chatting with you and kind of brushing off them cobwebs, getting them skeletons out the cupboard and just getting rid of that horrible playoff final dilemma that I personally have had as a Brentford fan. And also, hopefully, Brentford fans will be listening now will feel a little bit better about us losing that match. Like I said to you, we may have lost the match, but we're not going to lose the war as it is because <laughs> the war is ongoing between Brentford and Fulham. And like I said to you, we're dusting off our bees up, Fulham down vinyl, taking it back off the top shelf and putting it on the turntables, getting ready to be played again. Yeah, the posters will be in the Besotted merch store soon, I'm sure. That's right. So anyway, Sammy, good to chat to you. And uh, I'm, I'm no doubt we'll probably chat to you after the match. Yeah, definitely, Bill. Nice one, mate. So, Fulhamish. Fulham. Cup final over. New season started. We've got over it. We're playing Fulham. I'm just going to ask a question, guys. Cup final, is it done? Is it over? Do we move on from that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll... What, what final? Yeah, not only just saying do we move on, but, you know, is it... Are you kind of extinct? Are you all right? Are you all right with it? Do we just move on? We're playing Fulham now, but is it kind of like, listen, you, you've done it, you've beaten us, we moved on, but we're still Brentford. And because the, the, the feeling that I got from, not the feeling I know from Sammy, it's almost like it was all about just that match. It's almost like he's saying, we kind of know you're better than us and we know that you will be better than us. We just didn't want to have that moment where you'd also beaten us. It's almost like it was kind of just that afternoon. But for me... There's a much bigger picture here. There's a much bigger... It goes on, you know. He's almost like saying, we don't care if you beat us tomorrow or next year or next month or whenever you'll beat us. You, you could beat us 100 times, is what he's saying. And in a way, I'm sort of thinking, that's, that's just it's quite a sad situation to be in because, you know, Fulham are meant to be a bigger club than us, you know. They've been in Europe and all sorts of stuff. But I think he, I think the reality is bitten with the Fulham massive don't you think I think you I think you I think you're right and I think I understand what he's he's saying actually and I I think you know that game for them was kind of like hanging on to their kind of bragging rights of being bigger than us and I think that I think that was the be all and end all and the prize for them was promotion but the prize is to to lose every week that's the reality for them I don't I think we would have done a much better job well I, I don't I don't think they were ready or or equipped for the top flight um, but they are bringing me so much pleasure every every game at the moment, and uh, you know, long may that continue. And I know it's petty, and I know that they'll go, ah, yeah, but we we're in the prem and you're not. Um, we 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 beat you at Wembley and blah blah blah. But you know, the fact that we weren't there, we can pretend it never happened. <laughs> well, it didn't happen. You know, just walking around <laughs> with their eyes closed, didn't we? Uh, uh, it's right from my memory bank. You know, who did we who did we lose to in the championship yeah. final? Some some team. Yeah. I tell you what, it reminds me of. I thought I thought of this earlier. You know, like sometimes when you're, it, it does bring me out in cold sweats every now and again because I have forgotten about it. But then you actually realise that we did play them in that playoff final and we did lose, and it and it makes you gives you that cold shiver in the same way as you know, like when you've been like extra drunk at a party and you've said something inappropriate to, to someone and you wake up in the morning and you kind of get that shiver and you think, oh my God, I didn't say that, did I? That never happened, that never happened. And you kind of say, oh, well, no, it'll be all right. No one else will remember because it never really happened. And that's, I, I think that's the same way about that game. It never happened. At least, you, <laughs> at least your indiscretions have never been broadcast live on national television though, Dave. Probably a good job too. No, it's true. But, it's true. I mean... Fulhamish John was saying that you know they they fancy the League Cup, they fancy a run because you know it could be it could be what 
the thing they win this season. I mean, is that the limit of their ambition? There they are. They've got the Premiership, all that money, you know, all that time, that, that effort, and they're perfectly happy to go down with the worst record ever in Premiership history. But if they beat us tomorrow night and 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 um, and go on to, to, to win that cup or at least get to the final, that would be a good season for them. Well, that's a pathetic club. Absolutely pathetic club. Bill, you asked some. You did ask some really good questions to, to Sammy, and I thought really? I thought you did a good job without you know, like you let him sound like he was the bitter one without without you sounding bitter at all. And that was <laughs> that was quite that was that was that was really quite. It was almost like listening to like um, a psychologist and a patient. It was almost like you've, you've completely flipped it with him, and he came on being all brave, and in the end, he kind of like he felt like he looked like he'd had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> There used to be a great radio program called In the Psychiatrist Chair um, back in the sort of 80s. And I was listening to, the, listening to your interview, Bill, and thinking that's exactly what you're doing. It was either, either the psychiatry or it's like a fisherman winding, slowly <laughs> hauling in his catch, you know. Until Dangling finally the bait in front it, of him And then hitting him around the bit. head, you know. Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, no, but listen, I, I want to say, to be fair, it was a two-way conversation. And I said, you know, Sammy can hit back, you know, at us. And, you know, we, we're there to be hit. At the end of the day, look, we, we lost the match. And, you know, we're in the championship and they're in the Premier League. So, you know, they can get the punch bag out and they can keep punching. The, my argument is that after winning yeah, that yeah. game, you haven't got much more punching to do because at the end of the day, it's almost like you punch yourself out with that one game. And the, and, and the thing that's I think has probably kind of like made me a little bit more happy overall is knowing that we have a longer term plan, I believe. And so does Sammy as well. And it's not necessarily all about that one game. And also that one game, even though a lot of people are upset it was Fulham, that one game wasn't the most the be all and the end all. It was for us, but obviously it was for Fulham, which is which is quite interesting. It's almost like the tables have turned now. That's the kind of thing that you would have expected from Brentford. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, yeah. so, so you've got to ask, whose cup final was it really? It was their cup final, and they won their cup final. Yeah, it was you know theirs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's true. They won it. Well done. Um, but I mean, t- tomorrow, I, I, I have to say, I, you know, it, it would be wrong of me to say I don't care because obviously I do care. We're we're a, we're a game away from the from the quarterfinals, so that's 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 worth having, yeah. Because then we're one game away from the semis. If we get a, if we get one of the the weaker teams that are left, if we can get past Fulham, then we're in, in with a chance, you know. So that's that's something I've not been able to say in all the time I've been a Brentford fan. Um, this is you know you can see it mapping out, and we're good enough, yeah. You know we, we, this is this isn't kind of by fluke. This isn't like Newport bluffing their way through and. You know, sort of. Uh, you know, I know that they went out tonight and they played really well. But this isn't kind of like a, a lower league club on a run. We're we're there on merit, and we sh- we should be there. We should be in the quarterfinals. So, um, you know, I think if we play to our potential tomorrow, we we will win. You know, we all all Fulham's weaknesses are for there to see. Anyone that saw the Aston Villa game the other night, anyone that saw them play against Leeds, anyone that saw them play against Arsenal, they got a soft underbelly. Um, they're there to be un- they're there to be attacked. It's there to be exploited. They they need a positive um, at, at any cost, and that is, you know, if they can win, not because it's against us, but if they can get a win, that they can use that as a springboard. So, you know, they'll be looking for some sort of opportunity to kind of get their season into some sort of gear. 
it's in reverse at the moment let alone first gear um so it is it is something again that they're going to be taking seriously um i think we ought to take it a bit more seriously squad wise than, than than we have done thus far because the 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 prize is is getting closer yeah it's not the first and the second round anymore we can actually see some proper momentum building here and I think we ought to uh, to go for it. It's a cup we could probably not necessarily win, but getting to the final, it's not it's not a fairy tale. I think it'd be good for us to 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 take this one seriously because you know the, 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 there is a little bit of hangover. Come on, the, from the fact that we lost that championship playoff final. So let let's beat Fulham tomorrow night and let's get into the quarterfinal and let's let's hopefully. Uh, have another good good run, or not another good run, because we've never had a good run in this club. But 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 an onward run towards the semi final, yeah. or possibly even the final. We might as well take this one seriously, um, because I think we'll play other, one of the biggies. Yeah, and and I think other clubs until the, certainly the the big Premiership clubs pay no attention to this until the semi final. We can certainly we, if we concentrate get into the semi-finals then we know we can beat anybody on our day absolutely so you know i hope we play a relatively good team tomorrow the question is more important you know and these are all important but the team who are we going to play what type of team are we going to play because we've seen we've mixed it matched it up a little bit and who do you think is going to be there? You know, is it a Raya starting? Are we going to put in a few first teamers? Do we actually start leaving them out for the league? You know, how seriously do we take this? How do we balance it up? What do you think? You know, Norgard was in one game one time, then he wasn't in another game. What do you think? We've got Godosh, who's now come in, and we've got no idea what he's going to be like. You know, is he going to start? Do you think this could be a secret weapon for us? We've been waiting for Godosh for a while, so we can wait a little longer. He's not going to start. He'll come on as a sub if, he, if he's in the squad. Let's uh, let's play uh, as Dave said. Let's play as strong as strong a team as possible. You know, it's early in the season. Um, we might as well, you know, we might as well push on. Play play a strong play a strong team. Raya is Raya is stronger than Daniels because of the strengths that we talked about earlier. Let's let's go for it. Let's have a let's have an A team out tomorrow. Well, well, I mean, let's. Look, I think it's going to be you know uh, Raya in goal. You know, I think that is his turn. I think it's Mumbuemo's turn to to to, to play, isn't it? Um, you know, um, Ben Rama. I, I can't see him starting. He, he may be on the bench. Um, I, 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 it's force probably, but then you know, Tony. You know, he he could start, but I don't think he's any any stronger than than force. So you might as well play force at the moment. Norgard, um, Norgard, yeah, I, I, I do, I do think we start with Norgard, yeah, or um, you know, Marcondes will will start again, or you know, Canos. I, I I think I think we I think we see Mbwemo start tomorrow, and and I, and but do is good is 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 the the full back and um, the centre backs we we looking at we looking at good and and Mads, yeah. You don't think you don't think you don't think Pontus you don't think Pontus is going to come in for this one. Oh, I don't think Pontus can play more than know. one game a week, can he? No, I, 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 there may be a surprise, but then then there may be none. So I you know it's it's I I do think that the 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 light team that we do we have been playing will be you know will be a strong one anyway. I mean, I mean, looking at Fulham, Fulham against Villa. I mean, everyone says that they were really horrendous, but you know, I mean, their XG was actually 0.82. So up front, they weren't, you know, they weren't much 
worse than we were against Millwall. It's defensively where they're terrible. And it's interestingly because what Villa did is that Villa just came at them. And it's almost like you look at it, you think, why couldn't we just do that for the, the playoff final? You come at them and that's when they start to fall apart. And that's kind of, I suppose, where we're going to have to get at them. We have to play that game that we normally play. If we do that, that's, I think, where we're going to get Fulham. Well, Fulham's, Fulham's, own, Fulham's only weapon on, on the other night was just a very long ball to, to Mitrovic. You know, that was their pretty much only out, outlet all night. And I just, you know, they, they played some OK football up to a point. And then they just hoof it in um, to, for Mitrovic to get on the end of. You know, I, I, it's, it is dull as ditch water as a tactic. It's so obvious what's going to happen. Um, so, you know, are we, are we going to... I don't think Mitrovic will play tomorrow, do you? You know, I don't think they're going to risk him. He's the, he's the only person that can score him goals. They're not going to, they're not going to risk him in this, this competition. They'll save him for the Prem. So, I mean, guys, you know, we've got Fulham. They're coming down to us, to new Griffin Park. You know, what are you expecting? And give us a score prediction. I'm expecting us to have a real go at this. Um, as Dave said, to run at the, run at the Fulham defence, which is so weak, so, so full of rubbish that you know they won't know what's hit them and we will win 2-0 that I think is a very very good prediction I'm going to go 2-0 or 3-1 I think we'll there will be more than a goal cushion in the result I hope so what would you, you go for Laney what would you go for I'm going I'm going 2-0 um, two, two or 3-1 which one 3-1 yeah, I'll go three one. Yeah, so you said three one, and I'm and I'm going to say one all. We're going to go to penalties, and we're going to beat them on penalties. Is what I believe. So listen. As long as Ivan Tony just strikes the ball, puts his foot really through it, none of this Pienka stuff. He'll call. He'll call you beforehand just to make sure, liberal. That's he'll right. call you first. Yeah, he'll give you a bell, mate. I'll have my phone on. I'll have my phone on. That's right. Listen, other bits and pieces just to let you know what's going on. I'll tell you something I thought was really quite interesting is that, I mean, we all talked about going down to Griffin Park. Um, there's this, um, I saw the club put out this Griffin Park seat photo as well, where basically you can get a photograph from the seat or wherever you stand in Griffin Park. So it's only a tenner, but there's a limited edition and it's only going to be till the 16th of October. So I think you'll go to uh, to the website, is it mymo.live, Brentford fan, forward slash Brentford fan, and you can see that. So basically, wherever you stand or sit, like on the Ealing Road or the New Road or wherever you sit, basically they've taken loads of photographs from different areas and uh, and this, and, and like I said to you, they're selling it as a last memento of Brentford. It's all branded up and everything like that. But the thing that we love about it, because we heard about it, it's... Um, one pound donation to the Rob Rowan charity, which is stuff that we're going to be doing a lot much more for again as we go into next year because we know that football is going to be coming back and it's going to be doing live and we'll be doing all our events and everything like that. So, and we'll be doing lots more stuff with the Rob Rowan charity. So, like I said, one pound from every photograph is going to the Rob Rowan charity. Yeah, for a tenner, it looks a bit of a no brainer. It is a bit of a no-brainer as well. For us, we've actually, you know, people have asked us if we were actually doing Patreon or anything, these things that we do. We were thinking about doing it last season, but there was just something about it we thought, not quite sure. But there's a new thing called Kofi, K-O-F-I. And it's just basically, you know, if you think you like what we're doing, just buy us a beer, as we say. And it's just very simple. There's absolutely no inclination. We don't want to put anything behind a paywall. We don't want to put any pressure on anybody. But if you like what you're doing, we've just set it up today. It's not quite up and running. But if you want to, it's ko-fi.com 
facebook.com forward slash besotted and literally you just buy us a beer you can just do what you want to we're just putting it out there but absolutely no pressure we're carrying on doing what we do anyway like i said there's no paywalls but we appreciate it we just love you listening um but if you want to help us out just keep us going because you know that's the way things are going and uh preston match we're going to do a little mini pod on friday afternoon as well because we need to talk about that because we are playing preston on sunday so that's it we've talked about enough today guys fulham coming down on thursday Excited? Looking forward to it? Yay! Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I am. Yeah, I bloody <laughs> no, am. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be sat in front of my television 5.30 tomorrow, Thursday afternoon, watching it. Come on. Okay, so listen, Fulham, we've got to get a result against them. couple of days break. Going to go play Preston. Our season going to be back on track. We'll be ahead of the game from next year, and things are going to be good as we say. Come, Come on, on, you bees. Bees, bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.